Hello, and welcome to the art of selling online courses. We are here to share winning strategies and secret hacks from top performers in the online course industry. My name is John Ainsworth, and today's guest is Justin Brown. Now, Justin is a Netflix featured producer and video marketing specialist who helps entrepreneurs leverage the power of online video. After over 20 years in professional video, Justin created the Primal Video YouTube channel. It's got over a million subscribers, and he's grown it to a seven-figure annual business. And today, we're going to talk about how to figure out what's stopping you from making videos, what kind of videos to make, why to use YouTube, what kind of revenue streams are available to you, and how to use email marketing to grow your revenue. Now, before we start learning from Justin, I want to mention our sponsor. And today's sponsor is my company, Data Driven Marketing. And we have a risk-free model for online course creators to increase their online course revenue by two to five times through strategic funnel optimization. You only pay if you get results. To find out if you qualify and to find out how much more money you could be making from your courses with the Ideal Funnel, go to pimpyourfunnel.com. Justin, welcome to the show, man. Thank you very much for having me on. Nice. So let's start off with this. If people are blocked from making videos, how can they figure out what their blockage is? Okay, so there's a lot of different excuses and uh, I guess procrastination points that come up for people when they're told to go and make videos. Uh, there's very few people that can just jump in front of the camera and press record. So there's a little exercise that you can do to work out what's going to stop you. And this may sound silly, but you need to go through this because for a lot of us, there is something that's holding us back and you won't know until you actually go through this process. So I want you to imagine, like if your goal is to start making videos, to show up on social media or really any of the platforms out there or to start live streaming, you need to go through either a hypothetical, I'm going to do this next week, or you actually need to set the intention, I am going to do this next week. And you want to see what comes up for you. I know that might not, you know, it might sound a little airy fairy, like, all right, we'll do it next week. I want you to actually go through this plan as if you are going to do it. And I want to see any area that you stop yourself or that you start procrastinating because that is your first block. And I'm not saying that you might just only have one. You could have three or four of these. For some people, it's the tech, it's the gear. Some people, they want to create the perfect background because they, they want to look good on camera. For others, it could be, I don't know what to say. Or they'll be all good with everything, but they're worried about actually releasing the video. So you need to go through this process. Again, I know it sounds simple, but I guarantee you, if you do this, you're going to be so much further than the people that are stuck and aren't actually creating content because you're not going to get any further towards your goal of creating content if you're not actually making videos. So go through this exercise and you will identify any area that you are just procrastinating around. That's your red flag. Let's overcome that first. Because once you've identified what it is, it's really easy to then work out the different steps that you can take to overcome it. And with that, how many of those are like, in your experience when you work with people, how many of those are head trash? And how many of them are, well, you actually do need to figure out the tech side of things and it needs setting up. And uh, that is a really important reason. And we just need to work through it kind of logically and, and figure out what tech to use. And how much is it like, you know what, forget about the tech. Just you need to just get going with this. Let's do something. And the tech's an excuse. Like, what do you find? So I think a lot of people will think that the tech is their excuse. Like, I'm all good. I'm going to be, I know what to say. And they'll use the tech as the excuse. Like, oh, I'll, I'll start next week when I go get that fancy new camera. Or Justin's using this particular DSLR, so I need to have that particular one too. I want that blurry background look. I mean, we've done lighting tutorials on our channel where the lighting wasn't great. I've done color correcting tutorials where the color correcting wasn't great. 
people are there for the content. The content is the most important piece. So this is where that process is really, really important. Just, just focus on the content. I'm going to make this next week. I've already got more than enough. That's going to remove all, all your excuses. Um, and so the tech most likely isn't going to be your problem, but you might think that it is. And that's where that exercise is really powerful. Okay. So a lot of it is more like people's false beliefs about what they need. You know, it's like, that's yeah. more of the issue generally, you think. It really is. And, or it's their fear of judgment, or they might know what they want to say roughly, but they're not putting the planning in place to know exactly what they want to say when they want to say it in the videos to make that whole piece easy. So the tech and everything, they might be able to set up their cameras and be good to go. They'll sit down and they'll freeze or they'll fumble around and get frustrated. And then it's kind of a downward spiral from there. It's very hard to kind of come back and enjoy the video process. Cause if you're not enjoying making the video, it, your viewers are going to see right through it and they won't see that personality and everything there. They'll know that you're not having a good time and they won't have a good time watching it. So the video itself is going to tank. So you need to get through these things. And a lot of them are much simpler than you would imagine. So it's about identifying it. And then you can go to places like YouTube, right? So if it is the tech, how do I film with my phone? If it is, I'm scared of being on camera. There's lots of videos around that too. But normally it comes down to just having a plan in place or just a few bullet points on what you want to say. One of the things that we teach a lot in our program is that you need to implement first before you can optimize. And everybody always wants to go to the perfect version first. And it, it sounds like you're saying some of the same kind of thing here in terms of the general philosophy. Like we'll say to people, okay, the first thing you need to do is you need to have an order bump, but it doesn't have to be a great order bump. Whatever you do, don't stop everything else and make a new product to be the perfect order bump. It's just set something up and then we'll set up an upsell and then we'll do an email promotion and then we'll improve your opt-in rate. And then we go back and we improve it. And I think the stuff like with the DSLR and the blurry background is kind of like that, right? It's like you can do videos without a blurry background. Like that's, they're fine, you know? And secondly, even if that video does suck and nobody ever watches it, the fact that you've gone through and done it and started doing this repeatedly gives you the chance to, okay, well, next week, make it a tiny bit better. And next week, make it a tiny bit better. Instead of going like, I won't do any until I can do it perfectly. Yeah. Done is better than perfect. And that really mm. is the case. And people are really there for the content. I know we hear these things, people just throw them around, but it throw them around because it's the truth. So you've really got to get out of your own way so that you can get the runs on the board, knowing that your first videos will be your worst videos. I mean, if you want a good laugh, go and check out the early videos on our channel. I didn't blink at the time. I thought I was absolutely nailing it. I had no energy. I missed the monotone. So it has been that journey of growth because my background was behind camera. I was never in front of camera. Uh, I started this business with my brother, Mike, and I really thought that I would be filming him, like that he would be on camera, not me. Cause I'm like, I'm the video guy, I'll film you. He's like, you're the video guy. You need to be the one speaking about the video stuff. So uh, it's been a journey for me. So I totally get it. And that's where a lot of the things on our channel and the things that we teach are from our experience in growing and to overcome these things because we've struggled with a lot of them. When I did, <laughs> I was doing videos for our, it wasn't for YouTube, it was for our website. It was stuff like someone signed up for something and then I have a confirmation page and a video on there telling them what to do next, right? And I thought, what the way I'm doing this is amazing. And Josip, who's like my head of delivery um, in the, the team, he, he told me that I looked like a serial killer. And <laughs> what was happening? Solid right? feedback. Yeah. <laughs> He's very honest. It's very helpful. So what was happening was I was spent, I was just looking at the, I was like, 
focus on the camera. Don't look all around all the time, right? And I was focusing so much on the camera. And I was, like you were saying a minute ago, I wasn't blinking. I was just like, just staring it down. And he was like, that is really freaking me out, you know? (laughs) (laughs) But what, like that feedback, like you could, some people would take that personally. Oh, I'm not cut out for this. No, none of us are born with this skill. It's something that you have to, like, you're not born knowing how to walk, but we all figure it out, right? So it's something like that. This is something that you can learn. And the more you do, the better you get, Uh, the more relaxed you'll be. But you can help all of that by having things like a plan in place uh, and knowing that your phone or your webcam is going to be more than enough. Nice. All right, cool. So let's move on to the next step then. So if someone's figured out what's blocking them, they've got the hang of like just actually going and making videos, they've maybe got started and just doing something. How do people decide what videos they should make? Very good question. So I guess there's different types of videos. We like the, our top of funnel videos are our YouTube channel. Uh, so we're very strategic with the content that we're creating for that. Obviously, if you're trying to sell a product or a course, you'd probably want some specific videos talking about that or the outcome of working with you. Like what's the transformation piece? That's a different kind of a video. And I'm not saying those won't work on YouTube, but specifically YouTube, that's the area that we play in. It's a search engine. So if you're creating things that people are actually typing into Google or YouTube, because Google, hey, is recommending a lot of YouTube content right above the pay traffic in there as well. So it's a really powerful resource. Then if people are typing stuff in, like you want them to show your videos up in those top spots. So they find you organically 24 seven when they've got a pain or problem, they're looking for a solution for something that they find you. So it's about zooming back and not necessarily speaking to the solution. This is the biggest mistake that we see people make. People are talking about themselves. They're talking about how they can help people. But where is the audience? And I'm talking about the bulk of the audience. They don't know you. They don't know your solution yet. They're back Mm. over here talking about the problem. So by focusing on the problem, how do you overcome this? How do you feel this way? How do you have this thing happen? Or how do you build something? Those types of videos are the ones where people are going to Google or YouTube to self-diagnose. You know, they go to Dr. Google to figure stuff out for free for themselves. So you want to take that step back and look at what are people searching for and Google and YouTube, they tell you what people are searching for. They make it really, really easy. You want to make those videos. You can still make the other ones as well, but the ones that are going to grow your channel massively and bring in people like you're not just creating random videos. You know, there's demand for this stuff because it's telling you what people want so that you're not just trying to hit it lucky on a viral video. That's not a strategy that I would want to do. It's not a strategy. Like if this is a business tool for us, if it's a, mm-hmm. if it's not working, that would be a bad business decision. So where you can go to come up with your topic ideas, and this is where we go for ours, is that auto fill box on YouTube. You type in two to three words to do with your topic or your niche, and it's going to auto suggest things in that drop down box. They're not random things. Those are things that people have and are actually searching for. So that's the first place that we're coming up with topic ideas. And then we're also using a keyword research tool called Keywords Everywhere. And that'll tell us how many people are searching for those things per month. So, I mean, just typing in video editing, video editing on iPhone, video editing on Android, best video editing software on Windows. Those are all the videos that we make on our channel because we know that's the first step is people like, oh, I need to make a video. I have no idea how to edit. So there's a heap of videos around that. Then we can lead them to where we want them to go. We know that they need to go next to places like your email list to deepen that connection and everything with you, which I know is a big part of what you teach as well. 
So with the system with uh, SEO for just regular Google search, the way we we have someone who does the keyword research for us, but the way she's doing it, partly at least, is looking at what's what's popular and what's low competition in something like Ahrefs, that kind of thing, right? Do you get that kind of information as well, so you can figure out which ones are worth doing in keywords everywhere, or is that more is that not available for? So the beauty of content on YouTube is that it stands the test of time. So we have videos that are coming up on eight years old, still getting a thousand views a day, still growing affiliate link revenue, still growing our email list all from, from that. So having that strategy, it's not so much about the amount of competition that's on there because your content, it might have a lot of competition to start with, but your video can easily outperform those top ranked videos. So yeah, it does play in and there's tools like TubeBuddy and Keywords Everywhere that do give you a bit of a competition score and tell you, you know, who else is ranking for that. And you can, you can run the search and see who is actually running, how many views those videos have. But I'd be more so looking at those from a place of cool. People have wanted this before. That's not a bad thing. If you said to me, I've got a great idea for a video, I've searched, no one's ever done it. I'd be like, okay, that's a, you know, it might work, but that's a hit and miss strategy. It's mm. much, much rather one, you know, what's, a, what's proven, what's proven something that, that people have watched, have engaged with, that you can then share your thoughts, your opinions, your, your bring your personality into it as well and make your version of that video. And I'm saying, not saying rip off someone else's video, but look at the topics that they're talking about because you know people want that stuff. So that's what I'd be looking at more so than the competition because the biggest power play on YouTube right now or that YouTube is looking for, besides keeping time on platform and having a session continue, like they said, the YouTube rabbit hole thing is 45 minutes now when someone's on there watching cat videos and stuff. So <laughs> you want a piece of that for your business. But the biggest thing that we've all got going for us, especially with a brand new channel, is new content. YouTube wants new recent content. So even if there's already videos with millions and millions of views and channels with big subscriber numbers, you can still compete with that, but you've got to be showing up in those search terms to get there easier. Got it. All right, cool. So now let's talk through then about how this fits in overall. You mentioned about email, getting people into email lists. What's the, you've got a, you've got a million dollar plus a year business off of your YouTube channel. How does that money come in? What revenue streams have you got for that? So we have three revenue streams. They're all very passive. They're not 100% passive, but they're very passive. So we have YouTube ads. Now that's something that uh, obviously is pretty self-explanatory when companies and businesses are running ads on YouTube, they can run them on your videos and you receive a revenue split. So that's one revenue stream that we have. We also have a digital product, a membership site. It started as a course, then we threw in another course and this kind of all roads point to that. So a second one, uh, digital product, and the third is affiliate revenue. And all three of them actually go hand in hand. Like in our courses, we're taking people through using specific software like email marketing software and hey, ConvertKit, ActiveCampaign, our top recommendations, they have affiliate links. So mm. we're kind of, we're deepening that relationship, but we're also it, it is you know growing revenue through, through the different streams as well. So there's lots of other opportunity on YouTube as well, things like sponsor deals and brand deals, but this is you know where you get to choose. You don't have to be doing all the things. But for us, our YouTube channel is the face of our business, but I would say that the crux of our business is our email list. If our channel got deleted, yeah, it would hurt 
the business, but it wouldn't kill the business because we've got our most loyal people that are over on our email list. I don't need to, you know, <laughs> sell the email list strategy here, but it is a really powerful thing that a lot of people overlook. It's not required, but I think if you really want to build a presence online and a sustainable business and have these almost passive streams of, of revenue, that email list definitely helps you with a lot of the automations and things off the back of it. Nice. Okay, so talk to us about, about the importance of email. Like, why is that such a big deal? So one is you've, you've just said, right, because it means that if YouTube channel went away, you'd still have your most loyal fans. You've still got that, you know, revenue stream coming in from that. But why does that matter? Why does that work? I know that definitely 100% know that most people do not understand the importance of email. Like I come across this with all clients, virtually everybody we talk with, they're not doing enough to grow their email list and they're not using their email list to make enough money. So they might not get this. So can you talk everyone through that? So what I like about the email list is it's your direct line of communication to your most loyal fans, followers, or people that want more for you. They're choosing to be on there. It's not that you're spamming stuff out. They have to opt in. Like there are rules and stuff around this. So this is what I like it because on YouTube, say we can show up. That's our top of funnel stuff. And for those people that want more from us, like the next step uh, might be to download one of our free guides or an advanced piece of training they have the ability to jump onto our email list where they're saying, hey, I want that thing or I want more from you. And that done at scale, that done with you know YouTube videos, releasing one video a week for eight years and, and having that strategy from day one, it grows your, your email list massively and it, that scales with every new video you're releasing. But the email list, the power of it is not only can we use that to just send emails out to communicate to our audience, to tell them about, you know, whatever we'd like, to, you know, a promotion or to our courses or an intake or something like that. We can also use it to grow our YouTube channel as well. So we might think, and this is something we see a lot of people miss, that over time, you're gonna build a library of content, right? If you're someone who's committed to this, looking to build an audience, you're gonna have a library of content. But what a lot of people do with their email list is they'll just send out a newsletter every week or every few weeks with just their most recent content. But what about all the people that haven't seen all your previous stuff? So we literally build out funnels based on where people come in. So if someone downloads our editing checklist, then the follow-up sequence from that is that they're going to receive a bunch of emails over a couple of weeks, uh, or, you know, a short period of time, all designed to help them level up their video editing. So we create these, these sequences of really small funnels just designed to add value to people, but they're also driving traffic back to our YouTube channel. So we're starting a new YouTube session. We're helping them watch more of our content. And this also helps with your subscriber numbers and those kinds of things as well. And obviously affiliate links, if the outcome requires you to say buy editing software in this example, then the products we're mentioning have affiliate links in there where they're available. This is where it's a whole nother business or a whole nother level that you can take your businesses to much faster and grow your audience as well by setting up these automated funnels. And they really don't need to be as complicated as that may be sounding to some people that are just getting into this. It could just be a welcome sequence. You downloaded this specific thing. Here's a few other videos to help you. Or you've just joined, you've just hit subscribe on the front page of the, the website to hear more from us. The first email they receive could just be a welcome email that says, how can I help? Here's three different videos for you, which will take them back to your YouTube channel. But there also could trigger 
a whole different sequence based on which one that they select. If they've hit video editing, cool, let's drop them in and send them all the stuff on video editing. So yeah. we're not spamming people. We're coming from that place, and this is really big. We're coming from that place of how do we add value? We're not just sending them random stuff. We're sending them stuff that we know they're interested in based on the actions that they've taken. And it can help us grow our email list, grow our affiliate revenue, or bring in other revenue streams into the business. When you got a course that you're promoting, or your, it sounds like your membership is kind of the way that's the courses are sold. How much of the revenue comes from email versus somebody going directly to your website versus from straight from a YouTube channel, that kind of thing? So we don't promote uh, our course pretty okay. much anyway. It might, it might get a mention on our YouTube channel as, you know, as a passing mention because we only want the right people. We want the action takers. We want the people that are going to do the work and want, want the outcome, you know, the motivated people. We don't want the, the tire kickers, the time wasters in there. I'm sure a lot of people with their courses and programs would want the same. So we almost use our YouTube channel and our email list like a filter to filter those people out. We're still able to help a ton of people, but our course or our program might not be a fit for them. They just might want to do it all themselves. Cool. How do we help those people to so this is where the email list becomes really, really powerful because you're able to show up and help people even before they may not ever jump into your course or program. Mm. So you can build in revenue streams that work that level as well, instead of just relying on the one, which is people actually signing up. So when we do have an intake, we do have a warm list. We have a wait list. And obviously that's our main marketing is, is mm. from email to the people that already know us. So it's not a hey, I'm Justin, this is what I do. Like you're already introduced to me because you've been on our email list. The other piece of it though, is we spend a lot of time, not just growing our list, but culling our list and removing people that are dead weight on there. I mean, you have to pay for them to be on there. And this is a thing that I'm not sure what your take on this is and your stance teaching this stuff, but we have funnels for getting people in and we have funnels for getting people out. If they don't open six emails in a row, we're not going to be sending them emails. We'll send them an email saying, hey, look, I don't want to keep spamming you. We're going to take you off unless you want to stay on. And the amount of people that respond to that saying, oh, no, no, please keep me on as if it's a personal email. Yeah. Uh, just like, no, no, please keep me on. I'm sorry, I've been away, but I love them. Keep them coming. Or they drop off. Mm. But at least this way, we know when we send an email, our deliverability is high. Our open rates are high because it is people that actually want to hear from us. Um, so, I mean, what's your take on something like that? Is that something that you teach is, is that that level of it? Or because there is the strategy that, you know, by deleting people, you're cutting communication with them and they might come back. Like, what's your take on that? I know we do exactly the same. We, it's, it's yeah. a couple of things, right? One is you want to feel good about it. And the second one is deliverability. It's like, if you have people who aren't opening your emails, it affects your deliverability score with the email service provider. And then that brings everybody's email conversion rate down. And it's just a, a bit pointless. So yeah, if someone hasn't, I, I forget, we don't do it with six emails. I think yeah. we might do it on a two month basis. If someone hasn't interacted with emails in two months, something like that, then we send them a re-engagement campaign. And if they don't respond yeah. to the re-engagement campaign, then we, we delete them from the list and we kind of do that pretty regularly. Yeah. Yeah, this stuff is so important. Like, this is where, it, if you're serious about growing your email list, this, like, learning this stuff, and I don't know, we've really jumped across from YouTube, but I, I really think, like, YouTube is, the, as I said, the face of our business, and this is where we can grow our email list incredibly fast with the right people without like we've never run an ad. We're not, we're not paying for leads they're, they're finding us. Mm -hmm. And that's why I love this thing. But the, the business off the back of it, that's your email list and figuring out how that stuff work and, and, you know, jumping into courses and programs to really learn that stuff is so powerful. And that's where we've spent a lot of time. Nice. Okay. So we've talked about why email matters because you're going to be able to have 
the relationship. You've got direct communication with your most loyal fans. You can use it to filter people out. You can use it to promote your courses or your membership. How do you grow the email list off the YouTube channel? Because a lot of people don't recognize the ways that this can be done and they're missing out on a lot of stuff. What's the different ways that you link to different lead magnets? Do you have multiple lead magnets? Like, What's your strategy with this? So I think we have about five different lead magnets. So it's we're, we're not advocates for having one for every single video. We've no. literally like, we don't want to be managing that because then no. you update and that kind of stuff. So we've gone for less is more. What are the things are going to be applicable to or related to a big segment of our audience? So what we teach is how to make videos, how to then get views on them on YouTube, and then how to build a business off the back, like the revenue stream. So that's kind of what we teach. So if we've got different opt-ins across those three pillars, I guess. So our main one, as I, as I said earlier, was a video editing checklist, right? So uh, we'll only mention that in a video where it is a 100% next step for the viewer watching. And when I say mention, I'm saying it in the video. Like if you wanna learn how to edit faster in any application, there's a process that's linked on screen. So you can actually have at the end of your YouTube videos, a clickable link where you can take someone off and they can go and join your email list. Now, when I say only a 100% fit, if I was reviewing a camera or I'm talking about filming, you might go filming, editing, that's a fit. No, it's too much of a gap. So we will only mentioning an editing checklist where it is an editing video or something specific to editing because the viewer's head there, they've clicked on an editing video and, uh, or in the example was a, a filming video, right? And we're now mentioning editing and you might, yeah, filming editing. They're like, no, I'm not interested in this right now. This feels salesy, this feels sleazy. Like you're trying to sell me something. So unless it is a 100% fit, like the next step to help you based on what I've just helped you with the video, we're not going to mention it. So was it, what it works out is about 70% of our videos have no opt-in, no lead magnet at the end of the video. There, we're helping YouTube. We're saying, and the viewer, we're, we're keeping people on the platform. We'll have links to related or relevant content for them, but I'm not taking them off platform because it, that is the one thing that most of these platforms don't want you to do is uh, get people to leave. But what we will do in the description of every one of our videos is mention those things in case they're of interest. So if it's anything to do with filming and editing, we'll be mentioning our filming guides, our editing guides, because there someone's chosen to go to the description and to read, and it's more like a blog article. So you can link to related stuff that's a little more broad, but if I'm actually saying it in the video and I'm telling people to click the link on screen, then that is only where it is a 100% like fit for that viewer. I think what a lot of people don't realize is the importance of having that in the video itself at all and this is important for two reasons one because that's the thing people are watching not everybody's reading the description but everybody's watching the video and so therefore you've got to have it in the video and the second one is you can't go back and edit that later and add it back in like in seo traffic right you've got people coming through to your uh, blog post and later on you decide to add lead magnets in you can do that and that's all cool youtube videos it's like that is impossible that you could you could edit it and re-upload it but now you're starting again from scratch with that video and then it's like you've lost all of the credibility you've got with youtube at that point so it's vital to have those videos like in your case the ones where you want to mention the lead magnet make sure it is mentioned in the video in the actual original upload and the second part there as you said about putting it at the end so can you talk everybody through i think that's really important can you talk everybody through why you do it at the end and not say halfway through or at the beginning 
I might tease it. Like, I might tease it halfway through because okay. most people don't make the video, make it to the end of the video. So that's don't take it personally. That's just viewer behavior. They might check <laughs> out when they can see that you're wrapping up the video and go, all right, I got all I need. I'm out because people's attention spans are short. So I will mention it earlier in the video, or you know, and I would tease it. I say, so this is just step number two. Now, don't don't forget, like I've got a full download. You know, you don't need to take notes. We've got a full downloadable PDF covering all this stuff, and I'll tell you more about that at the end. So I'm kind of like throwing a hook out i'm opening a loop for them to want to stick around or earlier in the video when i'm discussing what the video is about i would say make sure you stick around to the end because i'm also going to share with you the best process for editing faster in any application and so they know that something is coming that they're going to be interested in again knowing that that is perfectly in line with the topic of the video that they're watching so if they're on an editing tutorial yeah i'm i'm here to learn the process for it edit faster in any application. So then they'll download our editing guide. So I'm mentioning it normally towards the start and it's, yeah. So the other reason you said, uh, why do we mention at the end is because the people that make it to the end, they're, they're your action takers. They stuck around. They liked the content, presumably, unless they fell asleep, they just left it playing. Um, they liked <laughs> your content. They're the ones that are going to take action, but also that the last 20 seconds of your YouTube video, you can actually have a clickable link on screen. It's only the last 20 seconds. It used to be years ago, you could have one throughout, but the last 20 seconds is where you can actually have a clickable link off to your website. You can even have a little graphic on there as well. So if you are going to do a PDF download or something, you can put a little image on there. Does YouTube prefer it? If you, because I mean, they, YouTube wants people to stick around on YouTube as long as possible, right? And so they and they want to see videos where people are watching a long way through, as I understand yeah. it. So if you have the the link at the end and someone doesn't click it to the end, I assume that means your video looked better to YouTube in their algorithm. Is that fair? Yeah. So I guess YouTube is is I mean. Yeah, you've got to keep people watching on your videos. If they're only oh, watching yeah. the first five seconds, 20 seconds, then you could have the best title, the best thumbnail uh, and be ranking in the top spots, but you won't be ranking there for long because YouTube's going to see it was a bad viewer experience. So that's what it's watching is really the watch time or the session time. So likewise, if your video, if everyone that watches it jumps off to get your lead magnet and doesn't come back to YouTube, they do open in a new tab. But if they're actually quitting YouTube after watching your video, Again, if you've nailed the title, you've nailed the SEO, all that stuff, and that's happening consistently, then YouTube's going to stop pushing it. Mm. So that's why you don't want to do it in every single video. You don't want to have a call to action to leave YouTube on every single one of your videos, only where it is like the next best fit for the viewer. Have you got any example videos people watch about the way that you talk about at the end in case that's kind of useful for people? Anything to do with editing, which is a big chunk of the, the videos on our channel. So we've got best video editing software on Mac or PC, either one of those two videos. I will tease that at the start and mention it at the end, um, or really any of our video editing tutorials. We've done quite a lot on the different programs and apps and things. So yeah. Nice. Okay, cool. Be the example that we've been running through here. Yeah, 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 yeah. So if someone goes to the, the links, youtube.com slash primal video, and then search on there for anything around video editing and then watch that video. They're going to get an idea of, okay, this is the way to say it. And then kind of like model you for that, you know, and see how you, see how you do it. 
we also have a video and I'll, we can put the link in the show notes is uh, there is a video where we talk about the video structure and what to say, when to say it in your video. And we mentioned that in there as well and break down one of our videos and specifically say, this is when I'm going to mention a call to action. This is when I'm going to give, you know, tease out uh, why people should stick around to the end. So there really is a strategy as to what you're saying and when you're saying it inside your videos. It's not about starting your video saying, hey, it's Justin, no one cares who you are. Is this person going to help me with my video <laughs> editing or whatever they've clicked on? Uh, so it's, it's that kind of a thing that makes a huge difference. Perfect. All right, cool. So we've covered if people are blocked from making videos, how to figure out what their blockage is and deal with it, how to decide what videos to make, which was about using the YouTube autofill, like start putting your topic in, see what comes up, and then use videos everywhere. Is that no? What was the, the term? Keywords. Keywords everywhere. Keywords everywhere. everywhere. Yeah. Why to use YouTube, the different revenue streams, why to use email in order to grow your revenue, how to grow email off the back of the channel. And we've got a couple of links to. Uh, we're going to put a link to that video structure video about how to structure your videos so you know what to put where. Sweet. That's awesome. Thanks so much for coming on today, man. That's been really, really helpful. No problem. Thank you very much for having me on. That was really impressive too that you just nailed that back. Well done. <laughs> it's like a party. I look at that and go, I'd, I'd forget stuff for sure. So yeah, that's good. <laughs> It's the only way I can remember things. So if anybody you want to learn more about this from Justin, then go to youtube.com slash primal video. And then there's going to be links in the show notes as well. We'll put the link to the video structure video in there directly as well. If you found the interview useful and you want to get future episodes, please subscribe wherever it was that you listened. And thanks so much for listening. And thanks so much, Justin, for coming in and sharing your wisdom today. Thanks for having me on.